This show was made at Access Radio Taranaki in New Plymouth, thanks to New Zealand On Air. For more local content, search for accessradiotaranaki.com. I'm Pastor Dan Yazel, welcoming you to Grace Notes, an outreach of North Taranaki Methodist Parish. I invite you to sit back and relax, grab a cuppa, and listen. May God surprise us and bless us in this moment. Hello and welcome to Grace Notes. Today is Easter Sunday. Thank you for tuning in. Today we hear from John's Gospel, the story that starts in the darkness and ends with the light that will enlighten all the world. Happy Easter. Thank you for tuning in. first reading today comes from the Psalms. I'll be reading from Psalm 118, the first and second verse, 
and then 14 through 24. But listen, you and I. O give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Let Israel say, his steadfast love endures forever. The Lord is my strength and my might. He has become my salvation. They are glad songs of victory in the tents of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. The right hand of the Lord is exalted. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. I shall not die, but I shall live and recount the deeds of the Lord. The Lord has punished me severely, but he did not give me over to death. Open to me the gates of righteousness, that I may enter through them and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord. The righteous shall enter through it. I thank you that you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Yeah. 
listen now for this good news as John tells it. I'm reading from the Gospel of John, chapter 20, verses 1 through 18. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Then Peter and the other disciple set out and went toward the tomb. The two of them were running together. But the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down to look in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen wrappings lying there, and the cloth that had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but wrapped up and rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went in, and he saw and believed. For as of yet they did not understand the scripture that said he must raise from the dead. When the disciples returned to their homes, but Mary, she stood outside, weeping outside the tomb. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting there where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. When she said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabunai, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not hold on to me, because I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and sisters and say to them, I am ascending to my God, and your God to my Father, and your Father, Mary Magdalene, went and announced to all the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them, that he had said these things to her. Here ends our reading. Thanks be to God. Dear God, give us eyes to see and ears to hear, hearts that have room to believe and imaginations that can stretch to see, hear, believe, and hope into the good news of grace that you'd have us understand and embrace this day. In Jesus' name we pray.
Amen. The Gospel writer John starts the book that bears his name with these words, the opening chapter. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was, in the beginning, with God. All things came into being through him, and without him, not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. John starts us in the darkness to tell of Jesus' resurrection. Now, it's only in John that Mary moves toward the tomb before dawn, and she's not carrying spices to anoint the body. She only has tears to shed. In the darkness, it's not duty that brings her to the grave, for she goes to grieve. Easter starts in darkness with all that darkness brings, confusion, fear, not being able to see what will happen next for all those following Jesus. Easter starts there, in the place of broken, fearful hearts and darkness. A great darkness starts on Good Friday as Jesus dies. The sun was covered up for three hours. There was no light. On that day, along with the cosmic darkness, there certainly was the darkness of human actions and denials which brought Jesus to his death, this terrible death on a cross. Jesus knew that he was guilty of nothing. He could have fled, and yet he remained and suffered for all. At the hour of his death, after everyone else had forsaken him, Jesus offers that terrible final cry, My God! My God! Why have you forsaken me? He would have had the darkness of doubt. We can't help but wonder, did the human in him wonder if he'd been wrong? Had all of his words, all of his efforts over the years been for nothing? As he died, he would have faced his doubts, his fears. That must have been a dark time for him. Crucifixion is a painful form of torture and execution. After everything he had been through, some suggest he may have been happy to be dead, that inside that dark tomb there was finally for him a place of peace. Perhaps now, lying on the slab inside of the tomb, Jesus could rest in comfort, his life having run its course, even with his questions, he died, knowing he did God's will, right up until the end. Being dead must have been comfortable for him. 
he would never have to face pain again. He would never be betrayed or handed over again. He would never be turned away from again. On Friday and Saturday, it was all over. He was just dead. And things were dark. Earlier in Scripture, Jesus wanted God to pick someone else for this calling. Jesus prayed one night in the garden, a very real, heartfelt prayer. Father, take this cup from me, for I do not want to drink of it. But the answer to his prayer was to continue on with God, who proved the promise that he and we will not be alone in life, and so too we will not be alone in death. It's Friday, and then Saturday, and Jesus is dead. Inside the dark tomb, he lies. What's happening during this time of transformation, which is at the heart of our faith, inside the tomb, death is locked up with life. All heaven and all earth wait to see which will prevail. On Easter, death is transformed into a doorway to God. In the tomb, sin and grace are locked up together. And our very salvation, our wholeness, depends on which one emerges victorious. And on Easter, judgment is transformed, transformed into joy. It is the new heaven and the new earth that Isaiah speaks of, of the new thing that God is doing. It's happening in the miracle of these three days, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, in the tomb. The body of Jesus, the crucified one, is transformed and becomes Christ, the risen one. Now, Jesus is the first to experience Easter. Resurrection is not the same as resuscitation. Jesus comes to life again, but it's not the same. Imagine being inside the dark, being in the tomb. Imagine Jesus' surprise when he felt God calling him to life on Sunday morning. When God put his mouth to his son's ear and says, I choose you, my son, my beloved. Wake up, get up, come to me. I'm not done loving you yet. Wake up, I'm not done loving you yet. God's light emerges and the stone is rolled away while it's still dark outside. The risen Christ comes into the darkness of the day yet to be born. Mary's the next one to experience signs of Easter and the light that has come. In the darkness, she goes to find the stone is moved. The sight of the stone rolled away doesn't move her to faith, but rather to fear. She's already weeping, thinking that things cannot become any worse. And now comes the fear that perhaps the body of her Lord has been stolen. Her tears continues. And she gets the disciples, and they too can't make any sense or complete sense of what's before them. So they run off. While Mary remains weeping, 
beside the empty tomb. And perhaps she's feeling like the sorrow would never stop. She goes inside the tomb with her tears. And the question is asked by messengers from God, why are you weeping? Something is happening. Easter is dawning for her. And the question comes again now from Jesus. Why are you weeping? And she turns around. She turns toward Jesus, and her world is broken open. When Jesus calls her by name, something illogical, impossible, and incredible takes place as the one who was certified dead greets Mary by name. Mary, he says. The established rules as to what can happen and how they happen, these are overthrown. The old structure is left in shambles and something new has begun. This is a new thing on a new day. We know what it's like to be inside the tomb. Within every life story, there's a human experience of darkness in some form or another. Darkness of doubt or oppression or injury to ourselves or to our souls. We know the bitterness of betrayal or abandonment that screams out as if a stone had been rolled before us to block out life and light. We need only look into our own lives to find a place that does feel far off, maybe cut off from God, a place that is perhaps the resting place of some of our beloved things like hope or trust or love. And in a strange way, this darkness may too be a, a comfortable or at least a familiar place for us. We know how to weep. For so long, we may have felt like that's the way it is. This is the way it's always been. It's how it's going to remain. We don't have any expectation that things could be or will be any different. But what if, what if, we hear the sound of the stone rolling away, announcing that there is a new doorway out? What if, like Mary, we hear the risen Lord's voice calling our name, asking, saying, why are you weeping? What if God somehow breaks through our darkness and illuminates our lives with the message, wake up, I'm not done loving you yet. Come out into the day that is yet to come. What if is not the question, for it is. The invitation has come for us to set beside, set behind the grave cloth that once held us and bound us in darkness, the chorus of I've seen the Lord grows louder one by one as God finds a way and reaches to each one of us in our individual lives with the invitation for life anew. It's the invitation to stop asking why God and to start asking what now, my God. At first, so many of those who heard of the resurrection doubted. Easter faith, resurrection faith, 
means accepting the evidence that God provides that Jesus is risen and alive. There's no proof that can release us from the need to trust and to believe that God has raised Christ, and there never will be. All of the signs and the evidence that point to resurrection are things that could have many meanings. If we want to, we can explain them all away in terms of other things than God's loving action. Part of Easter faith is moving beyond physics and moving into the heart of a loving God who doesn't offer explanations, but does offer hope and ultimate meaning. We can't stop the resurrection from happening, not even to us. What the Easter story means for our world is that everything is new. What it means for us is there is nothing in our lives which can keep God from bringing resurrection and new possibilities from beyond our tears, through our darkness, inside our tombs. Stones will roll, light will shine, and we will hear our names called. God says to each one of us, and to all of us, I'm not done loving you yet. When that day dawns for us, may we go and tell like Mary, boldly proclaiming with our voices and with our lives, I've seen the Lord. Happy Easter. Thanks be to God. Amen. So that's all for today. I hope you've caught a glimpse of grace through this time. You're invited to join us for worship and fellowship Sundays at 10 a.m. at New Plymouth Methodist Church, the corner of Weardit and Powderham Street. Until next week, God's grace and peace be with you. This show was first broadcast on Access Radio Taranaki 104.4 FM, thanks to New Zealand On Air.